0: Eating disorders, disordered eating, binge eating, emotional eating. These are topics that we are going to be talking about today with my special guest, Maxi Jimenez. And Maxi is a certified mind, body, and eating psychology coach. She is a mom of two, soon to be three. Amazing kiddos, and she also is a host of a podcast that is mostly in Spanish, but she does have English episodes as well. She is talking on her podcast about emotional eating and food anxiety, so she will share more with us about her podcast. But this is going to be a really important conversation, so I don't know if you necessarily need to have a notebook handy, but you might want to get in a comfortable place or go for a walk so that you can really focus on what Maxie is saying, because this is such an important topic. This is just another tool in your toolbox towards optimal health, because you are your own best advocate for your health and getting the help and the support that you need to begin feeling confident and caring for yourself and to begin feeling better, that is a big part of it. And we don't want to be overwhelmed. We have enough overwhelm in this world right now, so we don't need to complicate things, we just want to feel better. So that said, if you have recently gotten some labs done and you have more questions than answers, feel free to reach out to me for a lab analysis session because this will be a way for us to discuss specific lifestyle tweaks that you can make to improve your health so that you can be proactive in caring for yourself well, instead of reactive. We do not have to wait three to six months for a recheck of your labs to begin making changes. We don't want to wait until there is disease. We want to be able to do what we can now, but in a way that feels manageable and doable. So the link for that lab analysis session is going to be in the show notes and on my website, treasuredwellness.com. Settle in for my talk with Maxie. Are you a Christian woman over 40 who is struggling with consistently low energy and fatigue? Are you tired of trying to navigate the ever changing health chatter all around you? And do you wish there was a simple solution to just feeling good? Boy, do I see you and I hear you. Hi, I'm Michelle, and as a holistic health coach and fellow midlifer, I have realized the answer to our whole health concerns isn't in the online search bar, those fad diets and endless exhausting workouts. Listen beautiful mama, as the heartbeat of your home, you have spent your life caring for others well. So now is the time to take good care of yourself, get back your energy and reclaim your entire health during this season. So if you are ready to stop striving and start thriving as your healthiest whole self, then you are in the right place. Grab your iced coffee, a notebook, and pen, and let's treasure your wellness.
1: Hi, friends. Today, I have a special guest with us. This is Maxie Jimenez, and she is a podcaster. She is also a wife, a Christian wife and mom of two soon-to-be three sweet little children Um, and one big kid, actually. Um, You have a teenager, And Maxie is a certified mind, body, and eating psychology coach. Maxie helps women overcome emotional eating and food anxiety. I am so looking forward to this conversation. Um, Maxie has a podcast
2: herself around this very, very topic, such an important topic. Welcome to the show, Maxie. Thank you so much, Michelle. My pleasure. It's truly an honor to be here. I really wanted to be here a long time ago, so I'm glad we finally did it. Yes,
1: me too. Yeah, this has been a long time in the works for sure. Uh, take a few minutes, Max, if you wouldn't mind to share your story. What brought you to where you are now with not only having your podcast, but also being an eating psychology coach? And as a second part there, could you also help us to understand what eating psychology is?
2: Sure. So, well, the first thing that I want to tell you is that if someone have told me four years ago that I would be an eating psychology coach I will tell them you are lying right now and you should stop (laughs) that's how funny and mysterious God works so since I was a child I was an obese kid so when I was 11 years old I used to um, weigh around 160 pounds which is kind of a lot for a child like you know at that age So I suffered for a lot of, you know, comments, bullying and stuff like that. Then when I was a teenager, I was like, I'm going to stop this. I'm going to lose weight. And the only way that I knew about it was to stop eating. So I just stopped eating for good. (laughs) I just used to eat something around 6 or 7 p.m. um, Just like grapefruit juice or something totally, you know, that that was not going to help me, but I was able to lose around 40 pounds in less than two months. Um, Since there, I developed one eating disorder, which was anorexia. So I used to look at the mirror, even though I was like five, six foot. And I was around 118 pounds, which is pretty good. And I look at myself really fat. I was like, oh my God, look at me. So I was like in the earliest stages of that eating disorder. Good thing was that I was a teenage mom. So after like two years, I had my daughter and I was able to make changes because of her. And that disorder kind of disappeared a little bit. But then after I had her, I started using everything to lose weight, even though I lost all the baby weight in like six months but I still looking at myself fat. I was like, no, I need to lose weight because I used to associate the way that I look at myself as approval. I was like, if I look this way, then they are going to accept me. My husband is going to love me. Um, my parents are going to, you know, I'm going to make it up for what I did, like having my daughter that early So I didn't understand that that way back then. I I was able to understand that after, you know, many years, but that was something that, that I developed. So then when I was an adult, like around 22 or 23 years old, I went to all the opposite, which was binge eating, emotional eating. Then I also dealt with um, anxiety, panic attacks and depression all of it together so around 2018 I was like 17 I mean 27 28 years old I then decided because of my doctor I was at the peak of my obesity because then I went all the way through 234 pounds Mm -hmm. and my doctor said listen you have insulin resistance this can turn into something else you also have PCOS So let's try something drastic here if you want. So he proposed a weight loss surgery. Then I was like, oh my God, this is it. Like, I'm not going to be fat anymore because all the diets that I tried never worked, obviously. And I was like tired. I was like, there's something wrong with me. I can't keep up the results. I can't lose weight for good. So the surgery will be the answer. So let's just do this. Then I realized after I did the surgery, I lost 80 pounds and I was exactly with the same feeling of overwhelm in regards of my weight and also my body. I was like, I need to, I, I can't go back. Like there's no way I can go back. I need to stop eating. I need to do this well. And I wasn't that constant. Then one day, my therapist asked me, let me ask you something. You told me that whenever you lose weight, your problems will disappear. You said you're going to be fine. Everything will be happy. Are you happy now? That was the question. I, you know, I obviously answered her, oh, yes, I feel good. I know I look good, whatever. And then I went home and I just lost it. I start crying so much. Because I was like, God, this is real. I have an issue. I don't want to pay attention to this. But now I want to submit it to you. I'm going to commit to do whatever it takes from my side. But whatever I cannot control, I'm going to leave it to you for real. I started to learn about my condition. I started to learn how emotional eating works and all of that. Also, um, I started to look at food in another way. Um, in a different perspective to change a little bit what frame my view of you know food when I was a child and understand that my purpose and my identity had nothing to do with the way I looked or the way I wait and I immerse myself in that then after that was when I um developed this passion that I always had to help people. I always wanted to help women just transform into something, but I didn't know what was the something. And then after all this process, I realized that this was the process because I was able to overcome it. And actually that's how I became a, a certified eating psychology coach. And also to answer the question about psychology of eating in plain language it's basically the relationship that we have with food in terms of how our emotions, mind, background, and past experiences can influence the way we see food and our way of eating. That's basically what psychology of eating is.
1: Yeah, that is really awesome. I remember taking several classes on that when I went for to school for nutrition. So it's really powerful, isn't it? It's so powerful. And I just am so, um, enamored with your story and just how, you know, God just weaved all of this beautiful tapestry into what you do now. Tell us about your podcast.
2: My podcast actually were born from that. I was, it was born because of the necessity that I have to talk about, you know, what happened to me. Cause it was totally unknown. I was like, oh my God, this is, that's why none of the diets have worked. None of the pills, nothing worked because this is the problem that it was hidden behind. That was what my body was trying to tell me. And because I never learned when I was a child, how to manage my emotions, then my body developed this behavior. So I was like, I need to speak with those women. And then I, um, Libre sin miedo which is my podcast is mainly in Spanish even though I have some um episodes in English and it's about that it's about telling people what emotional eating is what it is not because that's my specialty out of in um eating psychology I specialize in emotional eating and I basically share my story there share tips And also a way for women to just identify with someone because usually people with this behavior think that nobody can understand them. They don't know how to explain that they don't feel in control in front of food, that they cannot stop eating sometimes they, they, because they don't even know what's going on to them.
1: Right. You're absolutely right. And you know, it's food is emotional, right? Like food is just emotional. It just is, um, we bring in childhood uh, baggage, so to speak, about food. You know, I know I was a member of the Clean Plate Club. Like you could not get up from the table until you had finished everything that was on your plate. Um, So there's really so much that is wrapped around food and it can keep us stuck. And that's what I love about what you're doing with your podcast and just your mission in helping other women. Um, I would like you to talk about the sensitive topic in regards to a woman trying to lose weight because so often that's the number one goal no matter how it happens right um so can you talk about how emotional eating affects a woman's weight loss journey
2: sure first of all i want you to understand that emotional eating and everyone that is listening to this that probably is um doesn't know about this is that emotional eating is a strategy that your body develops, it's like a way for you to deal or not to deal with emotions that are usually difficult to you. It can happen with positive emotions as well. We eat emotionally all the time. For most people, this is not an issue. And it's okay. Emotional eating, it's basically, when it becomes a problematic thing, It's when that's the only strategy that you have developed or learned without even notice to deal with those emotions. Because then you're going to probably develop some obesity issues or some worry or anxiety around the way you look or the way you wait. So how can it affect it? I can tell you in my personal journey, I tried everything and nothing works there was not a single way of eating, even if it was not a diet. There was not even single thing. Why? Because I felt that necessity to eat certain foods and also the amount because I also had binge eating. So I was like, oh my God, I'm, I cannot stop. And it's very, you know, you can feel frustrated when you know that something is not doing good to you but you have to do it. You feel the need of doing it and not stopping it. So imagine that you are in the journey of losing weight and then someone tells you, well, wait, the only way for you to do it, it's doing this diet or doing this exercise. And in the back of your, hand, of your head, you automatically start thinking, oh my God, but what would happen when I have those episodes of I cannot control it? And then that starts to develop stress, and then that stress, cortisol, and then all of that. And then you stop, um, you know, burning calories because the state for your body to burn calories, you need to be quiet, you need to be in the parasympathetic system. If that's not working then is the sympathetic one and then your body is not worried about burning calories or burning anything it's just trying to calm you down it's like oh my god there's danger fight flight what's going on here and that's why it can affect a lot when you are trying to lose weight or just to get to a you know like the ideal weight or something
1: yeah i agree with you 100 percent. it is so pivotal you know stress. There's a reason why stress is the number one killer, right? I mean, it affects every single area of our lives. And if we don't have a calm nervous system, it's just making everything so much worse in our body. So, okay, help us to understand. We know that bulimia and anorexia are severe eating disorders. We are not going to specifically go into that today, but can you just take a second to speak about the difference between an eating disorder disorder? And emotional eating. Can you just clarify them for us?
2: Sure. And I, I also want to mention something very quick in regards of the other question, and is that whenever you are going to through emotional eating, it is really important that you understand first the behavior. And you know? also, I I I was sure that you know it um weight loss surgery was the answer, but then when I went through it, that I saw my body. That I, when I wanted to eat, I couldn't because I felt pain. Then I went in through a deeper depression. Why? Because that was my strategy. My body, in a very intelligent way, developed a way to deal with the emotions that I didn't know how to. Then I didn't have that tool and I didn't have another one. So what happened? Then I had into a deep in a, into a i went into a deeper depression so that's why it's very important that you understand first what's going on and then keep from there so in terms of yeah eating disorders i want to clarify that emotional eating it's not an um an eating disorder it's a behavior an eating disorder in on the other hand it's very serious mental health condition and usually um, is characterized by severe disturbances in eating behaviors and related thoughts and emotions. And it needs to be treated with actually, you know, like medically. And in some cases, which is the anorexia in some, you know, some people can even die from it. So it's very, very important that if you are suffering from that, you go directly with a prof- with a medical professional. Emotional eating, eating on the other hand, Is a behavior that our bodies develop in a very intelligent way. It's when you use food, basically, as I told you, as a coping mechanism for difficult emotions, usually. So everyone eats emotionally. Let's see a baby. They cry, they feel bad, they cry. You give food, they feel better. That's it. Also, us as human beings, we can connect some food that we used to eat when, when we were a child, And then we want to eat it now. And we remember that time when our mother used to cook that. So there's absolutely nothing wrong on that. When it becomes a problem is when is the only tool that you have learned to deal with those emotions that are probably difficult for you. That's why some people can try every diet on the planet, get results, and then they come back. It could be because of that.
1: Right. It comes back more, right? Like you, you generally gain the weight that you lost plus, you know, it's because if you, if you don't deal with the root cause, if you don't deal with the heart of the matter, then it's just going to.
2: Also, it's like it it's, I I always explain it this way. It's like a situation happened, whatever it is, then that situation caused a thought based on your belief. Let's say that you had an argument with your husband. He got home late, whatever. What do you think? If you are insecure, you're going to think, oh, he's cheating on me. Then that's going to cause what? An emotion. I feel worthless. I feel mistreated or I feel whatever it is, but you don't know that you are feeling that. You just know that you feel bad. Then there's a behavior. There's something that you are going to do based on that emotion. You either do And a strategy that works for that emotion or don't. If you don't know how to deal with that and you have learned to emotionally eat, you're going to go straight to eat. You're going to forget about the diet. You're going to forget about health. You just need to feel good again.
1: Yeah, exactly. And your story is just so amazing because, again, the way that God was with you and weaving through your story so that you are in a place now where you can help other women. You've lived it. And so can you just take a second to talk about how your faith has helped you with your own journey with emotional eating?
2: I think everything started with God. I think he actually used that behavior that I had in all my past experiences to take me exactly to this moment. That's why I really believe that God can turn Everything, every situation, bad situation that we experience, into something good, and has been the first step. When I realized that I mentioned the question that I submitted everything to him, that was exactly the first thing that I did. Also, I didn't know who I was in God. Mm-hmm. I just listened to what my peers tell me when I was a child, what my mother said about my weight, what my parents, what my child, what my siblings. And I didn't know, I just want approval. So I was, uh, I usually do whatever I had to do in order to get approved and accepted. When I realized that God, that I had an identity in God, then I start learning about it. And that was the moment that I started to live my life. And I was like, I just want to do the, whatever calling God has over my life. That's what I want to do. So faith has been the first step for me to to just get my transformation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I often say that we have to go backwards in order to go forwards, And so we have to go back into our past and address the, you know, maybe it was trauma that we have had around food or, you know, whatever it was, we have to address it because the more we squelch it down, swallow it down and just ignore it. You know, the body keeps the score, the body will always bring it back up. You know, it's like, it's a filing system, like our brain is a filing cabinet, like it's never going to forget. And it just continues to keep cropping up, usually in an opportune time that we get triggered. And so it is so important that, you, you are, We are dealing with the, the issues of our past and letting God help us through, you know, turning to him first, Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things will be provided for us. We just need to ask, you know, we need to ask him first for help. And then I believe that he puts people into our lives or helps us to seek out the right kind of help. And that's what's so wonderful about what you do. So can we talk a little bit about how women can identify the signs that they are experiencing emotional eating themselves?
2: Sure. Um, I just want to tell you that, and everyone that is listening, that before you change the behavior, it's really important to understand and embrace it. The worst thing that you can do, it's fighting with yourself because of this situation. It's not going to help you. The fact of, oh, I'm not going to eat this week. I'm not going to eat candies. I'm not going to eat chocolate. I'm not going to eat this and I'm not going to eat that. You know why? Because that desire of eating that constantly is trying to tell you something. And emotional eating is not the problem. It's actually the solution. It is what you're going to use to reverse that behavior. But You need to understand it in order to know how you can go through it. And one of the issues, mainly that I see in my clients, that it was for me, and it was it is that we don't know how to identify the emotions. We don't even know how we feel, and we don't connect that to our eating behavior. So I'm gonna be sharing with you four steps that they can go through to identify how what emotions in a specific are driving you probably if you are you know dealing with this behavior through food so the first one is to ask yourself what happened today let's say that you find yourself eating a lot and then it's 8 a.m 8 and you feel like you know guilty like oh my god what's going on with me then you're gonna sit down paint and, pain and paper um, and you're gonna ask yourself one what happened today Did I have an argument with someone? Was there a bad comment that I didn't like, but I didn't talk about it? That's the first step. The second, when you have that information, is how did I feel? If you are not sure, just guess. But you need to put a label under that emotion. How do you feel? It was a comment in regards of your body that you feel bad. Oh, okay, I felt frustrated because I didn't tell that person how, you know, that that is not an appropriate comment or whatever it is just put a label to it because it's very important that you identify them number three is what do you do after you felt like that did you started thinking about food but you didn't eat because you didn't have anything next to you but you couldn't wait to get and eat something in a specific. You were like, oh my God, I want to live here because I want to eat something. Or I started to think about food right away. Or if you were at home or someplace where you have you know, food right there, because that's the problem, that food is accessible. That's why it makes sense that we do that, right? So what do you do? Do you went through the food? Number four, how do you feel while you were eating that? Do you feel relief? Did you feel a sense like, I feel like calmer now, like, you know, more calm. And what do you feel afterwards? Do you feel guilty? Do you feel like crap? Like, oh my God, I'm a bad person. I was not supposed to do this. I want to lose weight and look what I did and all of that. Did you feel that? Then you have to write it down. This process is going to help you to identify the pattern. And that's the first thing you need to understand what's the pattern that you're in your specific case you are dealing with. And then you're going to be learning what what to do with those emotions, what it is that is happening. You are not talking about it because, and this happens a lot with us women of faith. We think that we cannot speak up, that we have to be, to be submitted and, and we cannot speak up. And we cannot speak about our emotions. And it's very important to know that God created emotions. All emotions are good. Some are difficult than others, but they are all good and they serve a purpose.
1: Exactly. I love that you brought up how in the Christian community, especially, it is really difficult for us to feel Um, maybe trusting that we can actually share our burdens with someone. Maybe we don't trust that it will stay within the four walls, right? Or it won't be talked about later outside of the, the room or the Bible study group or wherever. And so, And and that's a real tragedy, isn't it? And and this is something that has been coming up more and more and more in my conversation with other women that it really is damaging um, to women in faith because you do feel like you're on your own little island and you're all in this on your own and you just simply don't know how to get past it. And you know that there's a problem. You might know that you have a problem with emotional eating, but you simply don't know who to turn to because you don't. Have that confidence that you can trust, and that's really, really sad in our Christian community. You know, there's the unspoken prayer request, right? You know, we always, you know, it's unspoken if we don't want somebody to know the deep, dark secret that we have, um, whether it's uh, us or a family member or or what. Um, and that's just, it's really sad because that's not how the body of believers is supposed to be operating. So, I'm glad that you brought that up because I want more women to feel confident that they can reach out to even just one other person, just one other person that is a sister in Christ and can be like, hey, I really need to talk through this. I need you to pray with me over this and just seek out. And that's why I love like Titus, I think it's Titus 2, where it's the older women are teaching the younger women and, mm-hmm. you know, just seek out older women that can help you because. You don't know that maybe that woman that you are speaking to that is 20, 30, or even just 15 years older than you has gone through the same thing and she can help you. She can give you, um, good tools and tips and just listen, just hear and listen, because so many women don't feel heard. They don't feel like they are listened to when they go to the doctor or, you know, anywhere. So, um, I love that you brought that up because I think both of us share the desire for women to feel more confident in taking care of themselves and also in just seeking God first and all that they do.
2: Yeah. And also um, everything that I mentioned that I went through besides the anorexia and all of that, because I accepted Jesus when I was 21 years old. So everything that I dealt with, including depression, was while I was Christian, so This can happen to anyone. And it's very important that you find a safe place. And usually people that are dealing with this eating behavior think that there's something bad with them. Like God, at at some point I felt like God was mad at me. I was like, I'm supposed to take care of the body of, of, you know, where the Holy Spirit is. And I'm not doing that. So I felt so guilty. And I, and I want to tell you right now, if you are listening to this, I just want to speak to your heart very quick and say that there's nothing broken in you. There's nothing to fix. Absolutely. It's simply a very intelligent strategy that your body develops because you didn't have any other tools. So just understand that and um, nobody can live with a high state of stress. So your body is going to always find a way to calm you down. And you didn't have any tools. So just, I just want to like invite you right now to just breathe and understand that this is a behavior. And as any other behavior that probably before you were Christian, you wanted to change and then you were able to do it. This can be done as well. But you need to speak up, seek for help. And trust God in the timing. Because that's the problem that we want to lose weight just like that yesterday. And, you know, and it's usually it's not going to happen like that, okay? So I just wanted to tell you that, like, if you are dealing with this, just breathe. No, there's nothing wrong with you. And there's a way to get free from it. Because I did it. And many of the women that I have helped also did it. They feel freedom to just live the life that got created for them.
1: I love that so much, Maxie. And that is the treasure truth that I wanted, you know, that I wanted to ask you, leave a treasure truth for our listeners. And you did that exactly beautifully. Absolutely. Nobody is damaged and we are fearfully and wonderfully created. So thank you so much. This has been such an important conversation. How can my listeners find you?
2: Thank you. So I want to say that I'm, I'm very, you know, grateful for you to have me in, in your show. I hope that, you know, this helped someone in some way. And, um, you can go and listen to my show, Libre y Miedo podcast. You can also, um, send me an email info at maxi M A X Y J I M E N E Z.com. And you can always contact me there.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much. I would love to have you back one day, Maxie. But in the meantime, you are about to have a sweet little baby. So congratulations and prayers for healthy delivery. And thanks so much for joining us today. Amen.
0: Thank you. Okay. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Maxie. And if so, share this episode with a friend. All of Maxie's contact information will be in the show notes. And again, I just want to leave you with some encouragement. You are your best advocate in your health, emotional, mental, spiritual, physical. You know yourself better than anyone, even the experts. So listen to your gut feeling. Listen to that little voice inside you telling you that something might not be right. As a daughter of God, we have the Holy Spirit that is our helper. So you do not have to keep suffering in silence. Remember that health is not simply the absence of sickness. If you need my eyes on your labs, go ahead and click the link below. Let's get your session scheduled and we can start moving the needle forward so you can start feeling better sooner than later. Lord, we thank you so much for this time together. Thank you for the wisdom that Maxie shared with us. And I ask that you would give us each wisdom in each of our own health journeys and that you would open our eyes to see and our ears to hear what you have for us to learn for ourselves. Bring your blessings upon each woman listening. And I thank you so much, Lord, in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, have a wonderful rest of your week. And remember, you are a beautiful treasure.